geopolitics and empire is joined by Claudio Grass, who's a former airline executive, Swiss Peace Corps officer, and an investment manager specialized in precious metals. I've been following his work for, I don't know, how many uh, years now? It's uh, uh, great work. Welcome to Geopolitics and Empire, Claudio. Hey, thank you very much for you. Always a pleasure. I mean, first first time, first talk. I think uh, I have 11 years of history, something, you know, I started, I think, writing 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just saying, I don't know what took me so long to get you on. I've been reading your stuff for like probably five plus uh, years, but um, in, in in any case, I mean, there, there's so much going on in the world, uh, Claudio, but I tend to start first with the global mega trend that's affecting us all, right? You know, the Great Reset. Um, you did, you were involved with the Planet Lockdown uh, documentary films, and you know, it's it's this drive by an international elite to install a planetary dictatorship. They use whatever they can cook up to scare us into this new neo feudalism, right? Terrorism, the weather, fake health uh, scares, and so forth. And in fact, this week, the, this week they're meeting at Davos, right? And so, not yeah. too far, not too far from where uh, you're at. So, what sort of your assessment for this uh, push for world government? Nothing which is new, but it seems to be reaching an, an apex point, no, or, or, or climax. So, you know, your 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 take on the past couple of years, the planet lockdown, and this push. Uh, you know, who are these elites, and how you view their agenda, and how far they are uh, along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on I mean, we we can see a, a push for set tower centralization uh, for quite some time. I mean, many years. Uh, you know, global problems uh, need global solutions. Therefore, you need a global govern government. That's that's already in the pipeline. You know, for decades. And uh, I think, yeah. I mean, because we are witnessing the end of socialism. I mean, this this system has nothing to do with uh, capitalism or free markets. You know, so it's really the end of socialism. It's the end of I mean, money is, it's never the scarcity of money, especially not in the credit-based system. It's always about the scarcity of goods and services. And uh, I think, you know, we have printed so much money. I mean, it's unprecedented in history. Everything comes to an end. And uh, I think even, you know, the elites and the central bankers, you know, and all the institutional uh, idiots, uh, they basically understand that, yeah, <clears throat> you know, that this, this system is... Uh, is going bust that we are at the end of a long-term cycle you know different cycles uh, at the end of, of different cycles let's call it that way and so you need to distort you know distract the people so come up with this fake pandemic you know it's like a biblical script the disease you know then artificial war then we have artificial famines and now the biblical flood i always say the biblical flood most likely will be the flood you know with refugees coming into the western world uh, I mean, so to me, I think, yeah, it's really, you know, the elites are, they understand it's over. They have a certain agenda. They try to be, they believe they can somehow steer the sheeps into uh, one direction, make sure that they still believe that any state will take care of them, come up, you know, with this monetary, mo modern monetary theory, give them a universal basic income, transfer them into metaverse, have their fake reality in their digital uh, world, you know, sitting at home, eating bugs. Uh, I mean, it's so absurd, the whole stuff. So I think, yeah, I mean, it's um, Corona really, uh, when it started in March, I basically said this is the official invitation to leave the system because they will lock us out anyway. Back then, you know, people were saying, hey, Claudio, this is extreme. Forget about it. You know, it's really. And now, you know, we are three years in this two weeks flatten the curve bullshit. And you're still there. And, uh, it's, you know, now we have this artificial war, of course, you know, in uh, Ukraine, which is basically the old agenda. 
of Halford Mackinder, Seth Brzezinski, you know, how to Europe and Asia should not become a seamless market because, you know, the market goes from Lisbon to Vladivostok. Uh, and of course, you know, the, all the, the fossil, you know, all the natural goods in the ground, you know, Russia and the industrial powerhouse of Germany cannot come together. I think that was also one of the main causes for the first world war, uh, you know, to avoid that. And, uh, and now we are back, you know, look at the guys, you know, the politicians are all 78, year, 78, 80 years old. So most of them are senile. And uh, so, they are, you know, old guys are pushing the old ideas. That's where we are. And uh, unfortunately, is that, you know, the majority of the people seem to be, seem to become domesticated humans. Give me food and shelter. I don't want to think myself, you know, because if I would start to think myself, what's really going on, use my own mind, independent of another person's guidance. I mean, most likely they would be shocked, you know, this kind of cognitive dissonance. But I mean, as Ayn Rand always said, you know, we can try to ignore reality, but one day reality is not going to ignore uh, what's really going on. And so uh, I think uh, it's coming. I mean, you know, there is the trend is clear. Uh, I think it's really we're going into a in a, in a much more decentralized future midterm i think you know i don't see it uh centralized uh actually i hope we're gonna end up you know with hundreds of thousands or thousands of uh, switzerland's or state of switzerland even better you know keep it as decentralized as possible and i think that's maybe what you know at least the productive people who believe in themselves and understand that they are an enlightened individual that they are you know part of this western culture you know, free speech, private property needs to be respected. We always have a choice. And to me, you know, freedom means we have a choice to decide between what's right and what's wrong and not what's legal or illegal. And uh, so I think, yeah, um, those those uh, values have been forgotten. They are now heavily under pressure. It's basically a cultural war. It's a war against Western civilization. And uh, hopefully, you know, more and more people are going to wake up in the future once they realize that it's not the five-star restaurant any longer, but it might be you no know, box at the McDonald's and uh, and that the job is also gone and that the, the, yeah, the future is not that bright and that all these promises by government basically are empty bags. A message from our sponsors. Our friends at Above Phone are on a mission to help people break free of the algorithm ghetto. They're starting with our phones because 99% of people today are addicted to the big tech ecosystem. We have alternative technologies available that Ramiro and his team at Above Phone have been evaluating. These tools are superior, not just alternatives. Are you ready to play above the rules of the surveillance capitalists? Let's remove our reliance on them for information, apps, and communications and break free of their tracking. If we don't contribute to alternative software with our participation, we may lose the few choices we have. When you get a degoogled Above Phone, everything is made simple out of the box. Just plug your cell service in and go, or use Wi-Fi only. The above privacy suite provides important services using open source software that is run reliably and privately. It gives you a VPN, private email, search engine, encrypted chat, voice and video calls, a calendar service, and an anonymous internet phone number. Because getting people on better systems is so important, they've upped their dedication to support, with each phone, you get a 30-minute support call, 24-7 email, chat support, and a knowledge base. Just like with our food, water, healthcare, schooling, and security, our tech needs to be sovereign. Browse available phones now and subscribe to the privacy suite at abovephone.com. 
If you do find yourself stuck in a smart city, the Nomos app will help you survive COVID-1984 and the Great Reset. Nomos is a time bank that can be used by communities anywhere in the world. You just need to talk people into using it. I've spoken to the developer who is passionate about creating solutions for surviving and thriving in the apocalypse. Nomos is available in English and Spanish, so hurry and visit nomos.net before they roll out the Cassius Society and put you in the algorithm ghetto. I, I, I hope we move in that direction as you described, and there's so many things you just uh, mentioned there, but maybe to stick on the you know, the geopolitical, the, you, you, you mentioned the artificial war, the multi polar you've written uh written about the east versus west um you know your thoughts on for example putin and and, and russia and xi jinping in china because on one hand as you describe there is that you know halford mckinder uh you know world I island heartland real aspect where there's a real geopolitical conflagration but on the other hand we see the east also like in russia and china and i was living in kazakhstan from 2017 until the the pandemic and um they locked they they installed the QR codes and biosecurity measures in all in every country and so i'm trying to figure out you know how is it sometimes it looks like it's east versus west and then other times it's it looks like east and west versus their own um populations but nevertheless you do, you do see that part of the world coming together brics plus saudi arabia um and joint trying to develop common currencies and, and integrating right you know iran and syria and, and venezuela and china and all these countries how do you sort of view this shift uh as well that includes de-dollarization uh and so your further thoughts on east uh east and west yeah um i mean at the end of the day it's all based on the hegelian dialectic you know problem reaction solution so you always need to i mean divide and conquer fear and control shock and awe that's basically, you know, what the elites are uh, using to steer the people into a certain direction. So, I mean, you know, when I think about, let's say, Mao, for example, Mao was a Yale man. You know, he was back in 1973, front page Yale University, the magazine. And so basically, Mao has been built up by, by, by the Western world, you know, that's how he became chairman and, uh, and started the Cultural Revolution. So, so I tend, I tend to believe that everything is a Muppet show. And that there is nothing happening by coincidence in politics. Uh, but of course, you also have, you always have to divide the people, you know, because I mean, the feeling that I have is really that they're looking for a French Revolution 2.0. The king is dead. Long live the king. So, you know, just try to exchange the hats. But then we are, then we are sticked, of course, uh, or the stock in the same system again. Um, uh, but it's not going to, to, uh, solve any issues. So, well, I think that's, so that's why you need this East and West, uh, war is the health of the state. I mean, whenever you have problems internally, I mean, you, if you have some foreign aggression or, you know, you can basically yeah, accelerate fear and uh, accelerate these national feelings. I mean, it might have an impact that it can prolong a certain politic, but I think, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I tend to believe it's a Muppet show, you know, I don't see any good politicians, basically, uh, who are in power or that politics is the competition of crooks. And, uh, and, and that's it. And I don't understand people even after three years, you know, I mean, we don't need rulers. I mean, I'm, I'm a grown up, I'm mature, you know, I can, I'm self-sustainable. Uh, so I don't need anyone telling me what to think, what to eat, what to drink. You know, I, I think the whole idea that we need rulers. I mean, that only a slave needs slave masters. You no, know, we are, but I think, you know, uh, in the Western world, especially, you know, we should really, really should 
forget about you know this two class society uh, system made up of uh, people who live off tax money and others who have to pay uh, taxes you know i think that's really the end i mean this is it doesn't make sense and look at the you always have to destroy an old system to create a new one i mean so even when you look at hollywood and the movies you know i mean so even they try to destroy the face into the institutions into the nation state as well so i think there is a yeah you know they are playing a game these elites you know just keep the people moving and uh but they also have no clue what's coming out of it at the end of the day they try to promote a certain agenda i think we can imagine that agenda or grasp it because we have been brainwashed for the last 30 40 years through hollywood the world in 2025 pandemia you know everything is robot artificial intelligence i think it's all bullshit you know it's it's all bullshit. i mean the car in my uh, the voice record or the voice system in my car still doesn't get when i uh, ask you know for a certain uh, song of course can't be my swiss accent <laughs> but <laughs> so i mean yeah you know because i mean you often see people who truly believe that this is the only way forward you know that the that the future is made that you don't that we don't have choice so um so i think yeah people really and that's that's sad you know people really i mean nothing is decided yet um but of course you know you have to take uh, you have to think uh, you have to take initiatives you have to network and uh, and leave the system prepare you know for the breakdown of of the current system might take a year two three in the meanwhile you know the longer it takes the more war we're going to see civil rights or international wars you know this east west bullshit i mean I really don't know yet, but I think um, if people prepare themselves, I mean, then even, you know, during the First and the Second World War, the ones who understood what's going on that did not become, you know, a, a part of the Muppet Show, uh, I think they also survived uh, in, 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 in the best possible way. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I'm still on the fence on some issues, but it, more and more, you, you, I, you know, I, I've read, you mentioned Mao and Yale, uh, you know, a couple months back, I, I came across that material and so yeah it very much does seem to be a show at the global um level but still as you said i think there's a element of black swan you know maybe elites they're infighting between elites and someone launches nukes somewhere you know whether in washington or or moscow which i think would still help them with their uh, agenda as you said w war th they can build back better after destroying the old um systems but uh you you mentioned also the Te technocratic uh, aspect and i would also agree that they tend to hype uh, a lot of stuff i don't i don't think ai will become sentient i think it's more like it's they program the ai to control us uh and so they're hyping a lot of stuff but you know one of my concerns has been this cashless system you've been writing about the digital currencies and cbdc's mm -hmm. and um you know it's basically the social credit system um i i like to call it the algorithm uh, ghetto or you know rule algocracy rule by algorithm and in their own writings like nick bostrom and others have talked about creating an algocracy a global government run by ai software uh, a global surveillance state for our own good right because yeah. it, the system knows better and we saw with the covid digital passports um you know even here in mexico um in some places in other parts of the world you could not go buy it's like the book of revelation you, you couldn't buy or sell literally in food or in supermarkets without having your digital passport that said gave you a green light that you were vaxxed or whatever 
Uh, people were fired from work, so you couldn't work, you couldn't buy food, you couldn't travel. Uh, some cases, you couldn't leave your home. I read about, like, in the Philippines, if you were caught unvaccinated on the street, they would fine you or jail you and whatnot. And so, um, you know, your further thought, and, you, you know, you, you've you been talking about how you were censored in the platform uh, on many uh, platforms. So your further thoughts on this technocracy and this trend that we're going in this direction and how much success they might uh, have, or do you think at some point it's going to fall apart? Okay, I mean, I think uh, the most important aspect when it comes to the internet is that the internet came into existence without being planned. So it's basically quite uh, anarchistic, you know, uh, grown. I think and the basis for the internet is complete decentralization. Of course, you know, we agreed to use to use certain protocols, standards, you know, to communicate. We use uh, centralized uh, Microsoft uh, tools, stuff like this. Um, so I think because the internet is completely decentralized. I believe it's not steerable. It's not controllable. Um, decentralized structures are by nature always more superior than centralized structures. So, you know, when we had this breakdown of WhatsApp and Facebook, you know, uh, let's say six, seven, eight months ago, I mean, I was told that it was really an attack and they really had to pull, pull the plug. You know, it was, they could not stop it, you know, the attack somehow. So it, that, that just shows, you know, I mean, so, uh, of course, you know, we will have, even today, we can use to you, we can decide to use, you know, decentralized peer to peer software, uh, to communicate freely and so on. And of course, the internet connectivity needs to be, uh, uh, assured in the future by, you know, this, this internet of things is not always that negative because we can really, we have to establish new, new networks with Bluetooth, with all different kind, mesh networks, you know, and then keep it extremely decentralized. And then from there, basically start it up. So I think whatever is coming, whatever is happening, the internet will be part of the future. It will also be accessible for the free, uh, for the freedom loving individuals that we can, uh, still, con you know, communicate and, and trade with each other, uh, even, even when, you know, when, when there might be a totalitarian structure. I mean, there is nothing, as I said, you know, nothing is decided i mean maybe we have to leave the cities you know maybe we have to relocate i think that's i don't want to be in new york anyway you know when the, the grocery stores are empty they are what nine days between uh chaos and uh complete breakdown of you know society uh, and i think yeah these, these are you know so that's all coming and all the the technocratic stuff um i think we yeah even there we have a choice you know but we have to use our mind and uh and, and choose carefully and we have to also decide in which direction we want to go in general, you know, do we want to follow the, the centralized way, which is might be now the easier for the short term, uh, or we, are we willing to really, you know, say, no, this is not my Muppet show any longer, you know, I have to go the opposite, I want to uh, build up a network with like-minded individuals, go a bit off-grid, looking into certain areas where you have a good culture, a culture of trust still, you know, where people don't shoot each other as soon as there is no police in the streets. I mean, uh, I think there are certain cultural regions are, are left. Of course, in Europe, I mean, Germany, France, that's a big UK. It's a huge problem. You know, even this cultural Marxism or this neo-Marxism. I mean, the Marxists were always saying when they realized in the First World War that the proletarians are not uh, going for the revolution, they basically had to switch. And they were saying the intellectuals and the, and the guys in culture are going to lead the revolution. And that's where we are now, you know. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty obvious, you know, it's this Muppet show. So uh, to me, it's just a, a big surprise that people are, yeah, not 
willing uh, to look at it a bit more uh, closer and to uh, yeah, have, I mean, this political practice, of course, is terrible. You know? People that this self censorship when it comes to political correctness, but I think yeah, you know, we are all reasonable human beings. Man, man is that what distinguishes us from animals that we can use reason. And uh, at the same time, I believe in the Creator. I believe in God or uh, the universe, but something spirit. It's not just matter, like the materialists are telling us, the Marxists, you know, that the man is a piece of meat, and so you can basically breathe in like an animal. Uh, you know, I think all the people on our side, they they understand that there is a God, that there is a Creator, that this is not just a big bang. You know, give me the first seconds, and then I. I explain you how this world came into existence, all these uh, anointed intellectual idiots. Terrible. I mean, really, it's absurd. It's so absurd. Uh, but hopefully I was uh, yeah, able to to answer that question. Yeah, I, I totally uh, agree with you. And, you know, that Stockholm syndrome uh, among the, the, the populace. I mean, I just this morning I read some 30 year old American Idol TV star dropping dead. We see every like I can't. There's just so many people dropping dead daily and the level of, as, as you said, this is Stockholm syndrome. Like, what's it going to take? On one hand, what's it going to take for people to wake up? On the other hand, I think you're alluding to it. We can't wait for these people. We have to move on and start making, um, you know, preparations to uh, survive and thrive. And to get back to the eco economic situation, uh, you know, I've been following the Austrian school for a long time, you know, this crack up boom that seems to be coming. Uh, I thought it'd come much earlier. They seem to just keep being able to extend it until uh, infinity. You had the global financial crisis 2008. And then, of course, a lot of people talk about how during 2020, you know, there was th there was going to be this economic crisis, but they used the pandemic to sort of, um, you know, keep keep moving, kick the can down the road. Um, but you're but I'm starting to see signs uh, again uh, of the crack up boom approaching we see all over the planet uh you know supply chains breaking down shops that are empty you see some uh, people uh help wanted signs all over the place inflation is just raging insanely all in many countries and it's not going away um people talk about hyperinflation so, so so your sort of thoughts on this economic crisis or crash that's going to come at some point you know how bad is it uh going to be just sort of your your your, your feeling on what's ahead on the economic uh yeah, I think, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people would lose 30% of their living standards this year. Uh, I mean, inflation is there, you know, we have this, uh, I mean, we, we started an avalanche of three years ago, everything takes time. Uh, but, you know, we have what riots in 90, uh, 90 countries, uh, we have food uh, shortages, uh, we have, uh, you know, all these zombie companies in the economy in the US, also in Europe. And now even, I mean, it's really, I mean, so it's, uh, you know, Germany is being de-industrialized. De uh, so the, all the politics, all the politics by the Western world in general, it's going against the interests of their own people. So it's, it's really, I mean, now with the, the energy, they also control that narrative. You know, they will decide also in the future, you'll get the energy and you will not get the energy. And they might also steer, you know, this, a lot, a lot of new debt into uh, a new bubble, this built back better bullshit bubble, you know, which is not, so it, it might prolong a bit in combination with MMT and UBI, you know, so you keep the slaves a bit more focused uh, or, you know, uh, calm, but at the end of the day, it's not going to work. It never worked and it will also not work this time, but it might prolong the whole system a bit, a bit longer. But uh, on the other side, I think, yeah, inflation, 
Um, I mean, it can, uh, you know, these black swans can happen at any time. And now, interestingly, I think because uh, when it comes to gold, for example, or precious metals, uh, you know, you have those. I mean, we just have seen the signals. So, for example, gold uh, was breaking up uh, or breaking out against, you know, government bonds, the S&P 500 the tech sector uh, in all different currencies. So that we had we have seen those signals back in 1999, 2000. And that's when we started this 11 year bull market for gold, when we went from 180 uh, to 1900 at the end of the day. And I think so that's one of the signals which we have been waiting for for a long time. And um, so I think, yeah, I mean, it just shows, you know, paper currency when gold is not losing, just paper currency going up and down versus gold. And uh, and with inflation, it just shows. I mean, also when you look at gold in 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 Hungarian forint, I think it's up what forty five percent. You know, Turkish lira what seventy percent uh, euro. I don't know where we are now, ten percent. But I mean, it just shows. You know, the um, so the trust. Whenever people have trust in in the institutions, uh, then also the currency is getting stronger of that institution. And I think now we can see that it's diminishing, and that I wouldn't be surprised. You know, to see a euro crisis uh, this year and um and when it comes to uh i mean when you look at the total uh, financial universe i think 52 percent is still you know the united states europe is 9.8 percent you know and then you still have the world currency reserve us dollar with uh, 58 60 percent still of all the reserves on us dollar so to me i still have the feeling you know that the, the dollar or gold at the end of the day and in the meanwhile uh, I, I I believe euros might go, you know, or uh, other currencies, and that, and when people lose, when they become nervous, that they basically flee into the safe haven, which still is considered the US dollar, and that would then also lead to that crack couple, which you mentioned at the beginning. But I mean, we might be wrong, and you know, the dollar might go for before. At the end of the day, nobody knows the future. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, we should come up or, or think about stuff uh, and come up with decisions where that kind is this or this kind these details will not make a difference uh, when it comes to the preservation of our wealth. No, so you have possibilities. You met, you mentioned Europe, uh, and since you're there, get your further thought on on that. I'm a I'm a proud Croatian and Croatian citizen, but I'm ashamed to be an EU citizen. I've never been a fan of the European Union. I view it as the blueprint for world government um technocracy it's anti-democratic if i recall some of the founders like jean monet even in their own writings were uh saying that some say the eu has um nazi roots uh soviet dissidents uh like vladimir bukowski have described the eu even mikhail gorbachev who i uh, met a couple years ago and shook hands with uh, the late gorbachev um they were talking about uh, the eu as the new european Soviet and so uh, people are talking about the disintegration of uh the EU and you were talking about Germany I mean I was in the US recently I met a German uh, a German Croat and he was saying like yeah it's bad it's being deindustrialized inflation it's just crazy and so um you know your further thoughts on Euro the European Union as well as Europe um you know as, as a whole yeah I'm very bearish when it comes to Europe I mean, at the end of the day, we are the in between, you know, the U.S. and uh, and the East. At the end of the day, and um, and when we look at what's going on with with, with Germany, uh, I mean, we are really back to the Morgenthau plan. 
after the Second World War, when the goal was, okay, we have to uh, destroy Germany, uh, it should become an agrarian country, so that it will now be, it will be no future threat or whatever. And then, of course, they came with the Marshall Plan, and the Marshall Plan, it was clear that if they really want to spread, you know, all these US dollars and to become another push for this world currency, and then they also knew that Germany needs to be prosperous as well, otherwise it's not going to work. And so now we had that for a cycle, you know, for these 50 years or something. And, uh, and now we, yeah, now it's over again and we are going back. I mean, we are, or let's say a hundred years. I mean, we are really, there are so many similarities and patterns of the past that we are seeing these days, you know, which I mean, we are going back in time. We're going back to barbarism, uh, you know, as long as, and, and that's, yeah, Europe, you know, the, the migration crisis, it's different cultures. You know, I'm, I'm always saying, you know, I love, I, I was also, I was living two years in the Middle East. I have uh, friends from the Arab world, Egypt, uh, you know, from Syria, from, uh, you know, uh, Lebanon, everywhere. Um, and I love the culture. I felt extremely comfortable down there. Uh, but of course, you know, when I was talking to my Syrian friends, for example, they were always telling me, Hey, they have seen this Hollywood movie, Muppet Show, you know, so saying, Hey, if we can make it to Germany, then, you know, or to Europe, you know, then there is where milk is, milk and fruits and everything. And I get a house, I get the car. So they had all these naive, uh, ideas, you know, because they have never been allowed to, to travel or then were locked up also under their government and so on. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, it, it's really just to destroy the cultures and to, to create those identity, political identity groups and to, to create tension among the people living in a certain country. Because, yeah, if you push it politically, but the people have to pay for it and are not being asked if they agree with it, you know, and it's really, it's a clear political agenda to really, and you cannot, I mean, if you're my Calcutta, you become Calcutta. I mean, that's what, uh, and I think that's, it's really just to weaken the whole structure. And, um, and when you look at Vogue, the Vogue culture, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's like in, uh, in the Catholic Church, you know, the original sin, you know, so Vogue is basically if you are born white and male and heterosexual and maybe even a uh, Christian, I mean, then you are, uh, yeah, then you are, that's, that's the origin sin, you know, you cannot escape from it. So it's the, it's the new religion. And so, so it goes also against, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, the, yeah, the people in the Western world in general. Yeah, that, I mean, again, they talk about this in their own words. I, re I recall a BBC interview with Peter Sutherland, um, you know, big high-level um, diplomat, politician who's been uh, attended Bilderberg and UN. And he, what you just said, he he said himself that that was their goal to mix the cultures yeah. and 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 that sort of uh, thing. Uh, you know, my trick, as you mentioned, white male. Uh, a Christian. I, I just became a Mexican uh, five years ago. Became a Mexican citizen, so I'm a minority now. They can't. They can't say anything uh, about me. I've got my get out of jail free card. I'm, hey, you. Uh, you can't call me. Uh, you know, white, whatever. I'm. I'm, I'm Mexican. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah. uh, you know, that's a, that's just a, a loophole gaming the system. But talking about you know everything we've talked about, I ask my guests from all walks of life, how do you know? How do we the the individual and the people uh, surrounding, uh, you know, that we network with, how do we best prepare to weather the storm um, ahead? You know, there's gold, of course, buying physical assets, gold, silver, uh, property, uh, farmland. There's a lot of people that I've been talking to fleeing here to Mexico, where I am, or Latin America, uh, like, you know, Uruguay. I've had Doug Casey on the program, Matt Smith, who are down in um, Uruguay, others going to Paraguay. 
others going to different parts of other parts of the world but you know key themes like buying physical assets as, as, as much as you can and um yeah. forming a like-minded group uh, you know network or community parallel society parallel structures parallel um economy and so and a lot, as you said a lot of people leaving urban areas and going to rural uh areas and so your sort of further thoughts on preparing for these hard times ahead i mean that's also exactly what we are also doing over here over the last three years you know we i mean i had i i started three years plan b it's basically a small municipality in the southern part of switzerland um so it's off grid it's a small uh, narrow road that goes up there uh you know not too many people living there so we basically i brought in i think 250 people over the last three years from abroad looking at it um and and in the meantime now we have i think 90 or 100 different projects over here in switzerland but of course it it, it needs time but i mean yeah everyone has his own reason and uh, and still, when it comes to Europe, of course, you know, if I would be in Germany or somewhere in France, uh, then I or in Italy, I mean, maybe I would be a bit more. I mean, even also when you have seen you know, how the, the government treated the people, I mean, Switzerland was a completely different story than the rest of the world. You know, uh, no, no police going after us and, uh, you know, uh, or the, the, these lockdowns have been have been different. I never wear the muscle. For example, I was even flying without wearing a muscle. I mean, you can always hack the system. Uh, I never had troubles. I was not, no, nobody was uh, hostile against me, uh, for example, in, in, in Switzerland, not wearing a muscle and so on. I was also traveling all over Europe for this movie. And basically, it was the same. You could always, I mean, I had a medical certificate, of course, because I cannot wear a muscle. It's against, it's not good for my health. So um, I didn't want to have disputes with the police. You know, I'm not a troublemaker. But of course, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a free man, and uh, I, I, I can always find a way out, you know, how to deal with it. But I think, yeah, we cannot do much more. I mean, even now, you know, planning is really hard because we don't know how it will develop in the future. So I think property. I mean, when I have you, when I talk to people over here in Switzerland, for example, I mean, it's too early to buy property. You know, that's why also a lot of people are buying gold. Because, you know, real estate is coming down anyway. I mean, the big, the great reset, you know, you own nothing and you will be happy. I mean, it starts with uh, denying, you know, the right of an individual to command himself. You know, and so that's the logic uh, outcome. So, but I mean, so, so real estate crisis is coming. These prices are going to drop, you know, maybe you're going to lose 90% in real estate like we have seen 100 years ago. Um, and uh yeah and you don't know you know if the, if there is a is a war i mean it's really dangerous that i mean all these these weapons going into ukraine you know and ukraine is a shit hole to be frank you know because it has been so corrupted for decades centuries and now we basically send you know weapons over there so i have the feeling you know in the future these weapons you, i mean you can even buy stinger on the dark net so, I mean, and Ukraine is so corrupt that they're going to sell their weapons to everywhere. I don't know where they're going to pop up, most likely, you know, in Europe, or it will be used against Europe. Everything is possible. But I mean, this, the whole show, it's, you know, it just doesn't uh, make sense. So I, I, are you speaking from experience? I guess you, you, you guys got a stinger you bought for your a little community <laughs> out there in Switzerland. No, i just kidding. Are, are, you, are you going to Davos um, this week or no? To the World well, Economic uh, Forum? I, I go in that direction, of course, but I'm not gonna go to uh, to Davos. No, I think the. I mean, you know, it, 
even even the World Economic Forum. I mean, these are just the, the anointed uh, idiots who, who truly believe that they are so wise and so intelligent and so powerful that they can change the world, that they can stand there and say, "Okay, we're going to limit, you know, uh, global uh, heating, you know, by one point five degrees Celsius." I mean, which is absolutely nonsense. You know what? What these freaks do they believe? You know who they are. I mean, I mean, I have a friend of mine. I, you know, I know a few politicians which I really adore, like Ron Paul, for example, or Godfrey Bloom from the UK, or even also Václav Klaus, you know, former president of the Czech. And uh, so he was always invited in uh, in the Vols at the beginning, and then uh, I think already ten years ago he wrote uh, uh, an essay about Homo Davosicus. Basically describing, you know, that these guys are coming together and they truly, they, they come together. They believe we can save the planet. You know, we can save the world. Uh, they are so brainwashed and so far away from, you know, so, um, so of course, you know, when he wrote that essay, he was basically then also, um, not invited any longer. And, um, so, but I mean, the WEF, you know, just, yeah, gangsters. I am there, you know front organization i mean there are some other people most likely in the background i mean it's just part of the of the narrative and yeah, yeah, yeah. of course i mean they have people in government i mean you know so you have a, an agenda and those anointed uh idiots yeah i like, agree with you i i, I reference them because th th that's they are what we see but there's much more behind and i'm yeah. a huge fan of Vaslav klaus and godfrey bloom's been um a guest of mine on the podcast here yeah, cool. he's fantastic and i've had daniel mcadams of the ron paul institute as well oh, nice. Nice. As, as a guest and yeah we've we've covered a lot my sort of takeaway from you is again being optimistic and having grit and just moving forward with your our own personal visions to protect uh ourselves and to thrive as much as we we can and i would agree with you i think a lot of these plans or projects by the elites won't go exactly the way that uh they want but nevertheless there's going to be a lot of pain and, and 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 fallout and as you said we don't exactly know where things are going to go um is there any other issue that you know we haven't touched on that 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 you think uh, a lot about or th that's pressing or uh, you know anything else you want to get across i mean maybe the the um you know when you look at switzerland for example because you know to, today, I mean, you can have you have the impact. You, you can have um, uh, let's say a lot of people believe that Switzerland is the belly of the beast. You know, because you have all these international organizations, WHO, United Nations, Gavi, you know, the Bank of International Settlement, um, the World Economic Forum, and so on. And um, and and when we also look at the whole propaganda, you know, I mean, so. The, the campaign against Switzerland started back end of the 90s under Clinton, you know, with the Jewish money and that we have basically, which was absolutely nonsense. I mean, it was, but that basically accelerated. And so, I mean, that people were even saying, you know, that Switzerland was uh, important, that the Germans were able to uh, uh, go on with their war, which is absolutely nonsense as well. I mean, of course, Switzerland has been we have been forced. We were the only only country during the Second World War on the gold standard, and you know the Allies plus you know also the Nazis and all the other guys. They basically wanted that Switzerland remains on gold standard because everyone was making money in Swiss francs and then taking you know the gold. But we were a neutral nation. That's you know I mean because Switzerland was always decentralized from the bottom up. You know, and uh, we have seven presidents. We only we don't only have one president. 
uh, we have been neutral, armed neutrality, which we have been given, you know, because uh, the history of Switzerland is we basically sold 1.6 million mercenaries during our history. And so, especially when you had all the aristocrats over here in Europe, I mean, because the Swiss were selling the best mercenaries, I mean, the French uh, royalties had, you know, Swiss uh, legions as their personal protection, the same goes, you know, for all these rulers and and and, uh, and kings and back then. And um, so, and there was always one rule that, you know, if Switzerland or the the Tagsatzung back then, you know, it was not Switzerland, of course, but, but it was, you know, if we are under pressure of being attacked from abroad, that we can basically call back, you know, all the, all the mercenaries. And so a lot of these, uh, kings and so on, they, they thought, hey, let's leave, let's leave Switzerland alone because they have no natural resources. You know, it's also shit all in a way because that's what Engels said, you know, uh, four different languages, uh, very decentralized and so on. I mean, what do you want there? You know, Alps, hard winters, and so on. And um, but I mean, this all in combination led to this special uh, position within Switzerland, also because of the Alps, and uh, and because we, I still consider, you know, Switzerland is the is the model for a free world. At least, you know, it gives the right intention. It means, you know, we have to go decentral decentralized because Switzerland became the most prosperous nation, not because of banking secrecy and, and that kind of stuff that we were basically taking in the money from all the crooks. It was really that we had uh, a very weak government, a lot of freedom. People were not interested in politics. Uh, you know, it was really more about trade and innovation. And, you know, uh, we always, I mean, all the Protestants, the Huguenots from France brought us the, uh, the watch industry. You know, then we had the engineers from Germany, the Protestants who fled to us. Uh, Echevis, 1840, they were at 1500 employees. You know, they were produced in 1840 because before we had the Confederation and so on. So it was a high, we were the highest industrialized uh, uh, country on the European mainland after the Brits. So, I mean, yeah, Switzerland, because of that decentralized structures, more freedom, more liberty, that was the basis uh, for um, for the prosperity of, of Switzerland. And of course, this has been turned, you know, over the last 20, 25 years. And of course, whenever you have liberty, then you also attract crooks. You know, the UN, I mean, it's perfect to go to Switzerland, neutral, nobody was interested in politics. So it, it, it always makes sense, you know, also for the guys who want to hide something. And, you know, 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, what do you want to say? The UN are all the bad guys. I mean, people thought they still believe that this is a good organization. I mean, I used to work two years for them. I know what the, what the fucked up, corrupted uh, organization it is. I mean, I, I give you one final example because of Syria, for example. You know, I, I was uh, responsible for the liaison between the Syrian authorities and the United Nations. And every week you had the CITREP reports from the UN going on the global, the global report. And when I was looking in 2005, I was looking at Syria. There was, you know, Bashar Assad had to flee. There were shootings in Damascus, you know, that uh, rebels are going against uh, Assad and so on. And I always called, you know, in my naivety, I called the headquarter in Jerusalem saying, hey, who, the, who is writing that bullshit? You know, it's not true. Nothing is happening here. And uh, so that just showed, you know, I mean, yeah. So these UN people, they read those reports. That's where you fabricate, you know, the narratives, uh, you know, even a few years ago. And then when then you come up and say this is a civil war, I mean, then, you know, the, the idiots working for the UN, of course, they believe it because they have read it, you know, the last few years. And, all, and it also goes into all these intelligence agencies and stuff like this. So, you know, it's a Muppet show. It's I cannot take it serious any longer. 
So, uh, you know, when I, I'm on the other side, I met so many uh, tremendous amount of great people, individuals, and I truly believe, you know, the productive ones like Ayn Rand, you know, go gold. Uh, you know, you know, when the slave, the slave masters is our slaves, so with unproductive slaves, what do they want to do? You know, they're just going to end the system. And uh, I hope, you know, the productive ones, they will uh, switch side and uh, take over their own destiny. Yeah, I mean, th that was one reason I, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I enjoyed living in Switzerland. Switzerland is an enjoyable place to live. I was in Geneva. I got to see some other parts of Switzerland, a bit too expensive for me uh, to, to live there. But uh, I'm at the UN, you know, at my Geneva School of Diplomacy, I, I was a staff assistant for six months um, at the UN. Uh, for the Czech Republic, actually, the mission, the Czech Republic's mission to the UN. And um, like you, I just saw all of this same stuff. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And even, you know, one of my professors who's on the, this podcast from time to time, Alfred Desaias, uh, former UN special reporter, he's off on Russia Today. He says the same thing. Like he was, he was sent to, where was it, Venezuela to do a report for the UN. And he laid everything out, what was really happening. He sends it to the UN. No one re reads it. They rewrite it. They they throw it in the box in a closet uh, and and keep it quiet because you know same thing in Venezuela or Syria. They're not gonna the UN itself is censoring uh, itself because they've got an agenda. And I always just viewed it as a globalist sort of tyrannical structure wanting just you know world government to control all of us. And look what they're trying to do now with the WHO and pandemic treaty and international health regulations. They want the UN to dictate to the at the minute level. Um, from Mexico here to Switzerland to every country, how we are going to live our lives. No, thank you. No, <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank you. Right. And so, um, yeah, really, uh, you know, again, I love your work. Is there any final uh, thought uh, you, you might have uh, for us then? I think that's 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 all. I don't want to stretch it, overstretch it. <laughs> but right. it was a pleasure talking to you. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and is there uh, you know you've I'll I'll have all of your links um, in the description, but uh, you've got your website. Where's the best place for people to find uh, you and your work online? Uh, just www.cloudyourgrass.ch, and there I also run a blog. And if they're interested, you know, I write about yeah philosophy, precious metals, geopolitics. I mean, COVID. COVID. Uh, I, I just uh, different topics, but I look at it from uh, from the angle of uh, freedom and liberty, of course based on these principles so if they are if they're interested in reading that kind of stuff they can sign up it's for free and uh when they have questions i'm always happy you know to answer uh emails no problem how to avoid covid 1984 well all right thank you uh for being a geopolitics network Claudio. thank you so much have a good day i hope you enjoyed this geopolitics and empire podcast the website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up to the free email list that notifies you of every new podcast and other important updates. The email list and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's almost impossible to find Geopolitics and Empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently strikes videos. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit, Twitter, and LinkedIn take down posts. After the Associated Press mentioned geopolitics and empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, or the Atlantic Council, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account at one point. In April of 2022, the Department of Homeland Security had PayPal ban us for life. The best free way to help geopolitics and empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, 
Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the entire podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can support this guerrilla signal by donating via DonorBox, Buy Me a Coffee, Subscribestar, or Crypto. You can purchase a consultation with the host to talk about expatriation, geopolitics, or podcasting. You can also become a monthly or annual member via Stripe and receive benefits such as partaking in a monthly member Zoom call, get access to a weekly recording of my random thoughts, and a private Telegram channel. Thank you for listening.